0: hello disney fans and welcome to another geeks crossing podcast i'm eric i'm matt and i'm lily here to give you all the best geek related content you could ask for and judging by that last voice we have a special guest joining us it's none other than matt's significant other lily
1: thanks for having me
2: oh well once we knew the subject matter for this episode we knew you had to join us
1: i'm very excited uh,
0: unfortunately it's a very rough year to be a disney fan
2: yeah uh (laughs) it's funny i actually finished a solo episode today i'm going to be going into full detail about how disney dropped the ball and then picked it up and dropped it again and then picked it up and dropped it again that happened about 16 or 17 times this year (laughs) um (laughs) Look forward to that, and either this month or the uh, beginning of January. But um, where would we be without discussing pretty much the final giant turd that Disney has pooped out for us? That being what was supposed to be a giant celebratory move, movie of for Disney's hundredth anniversary, uh, and ended up being uh, something all right.
0: I mean, for lack of a better expression, I really wish it could have been a better movie.
2: <laughs> I, w- yeah, I wish I that wish. I saw something else. It had um, so much potential. Yeah, it, it could have been... They, they could have... Mm, let's just leave it at that. It, <laughs> it could have been.
0: I guess Phineas and Isabella said it best. What might have
2: been? What might have been, my friend. What might have been. Um, so if you didn't get past all of that, um, those, those clues, we're talking about Wish. The newest of Disney's animated features and the first one since... <laughs> this is <a> Strange World.
0: <laughs> is it a shame that I forgot that movie existed?
2: Nope, no shame. I Although, what's a lot very of them interesting. Have been
1: really is forgettable lately.
2: <laughs> what's very interesting, I feel like Strange World got no merchandise or marketing or anything, and so no one saw it and it made no money. Wish it was everywhere. I was seeing Wish ads on YouTube, like everywhere, and I yeah. feel like still everyone hated it. Now, I think people hated it even more than Strange World. <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: know. I don't think I saw one good review on it.
2: Mm mm.
0: Sadly, you're not going to hear a good review from this podcast.
2: <laughs> no.
1: Yeah.
0: Should we get our ratings at 10? Yeah.
2: Um. I think well, Lily wait. and I, we, we talked about this after we saw the movie. At least for me, I'm probably somewhere in between a 4 and a 5. Probably more towards 4.
1: Yeah, um, I gave it a 4.
2: Yeah. Because I, I, like, I've seen more egregiously terrible things with more just horrible things in it. Like, you know, the MCU nowadays. Um, But this was just the low end of mediocrity it was just so pathetically unfunnily bad
0: that makes me feel better because i was also saying at four
2: okay okay good so that seems to be the consensus i wonder is it still at 40 on rotten tomatoes because that would be very funny i feel like everyone then would agree that it's a four it's a 49 they were generous
0: maybe after they listen to this podcast they'll consider bringing it down yeah, to come 40 come on
2: yeah, lower it. 49 is way too low. Also, audience score of 81%. Just goes to show you, you can't always go by the audience score.
1: Yeah.
0: Is this the first time we all have the same rating on any review episode?
2: I'm trying to think. Um, It might be. I feel like we did something at one point where all of us said like 9. Like it was just something that we really, really liked. I think it was
0: Pokemon Legends
2: Arceus. That's what it was, Legends Arceus. And we ha- and I think we all agreed that uh, Across the Spider-Verse was really good. I don't remember what we gave that. And that might have been different too but this i I think this is probably the first time where it's all the same number you're right so um this can be the official geeks crossing review then (laughs) i think the geeks crossing podcast as a whole is giving this a four nick and keith for their part we love nick and keith they're not even going to give disney their money they're not seeing this thing (laughs) so honestly props to them
0: i mean i feel bad for myself because since i am a disney geek i was obligated to see in theaters but Mm -hmm. even then i was like why did i waste my time with this
2: Yeah, and I was, like, kind of sold on the whole 100th anniversary movie. I was a little curious. And I had this episode cooking about Disney's 2023. um, And so I was like, all right, I got to at least see it so I can do that episode. Give it a fair shot. They should have done something great for
1: their 100th year.
2: I know. I I think we've talked about it a little bit, not on this podcast. But, um, Eric, you had mentioned uh, Once Upon a Studio. That actually came out on the 100th anniversary of Disney Studios. And that was cute. That was very fun. Oh, yeah. It's
0: short, simple and a much better way to represent 100 years of Disney.
2: Yeah, um, so I guess if we're all at fours, then we can get started, Eric, wherever you think we should start.
0: Well, to change it up, do you guys mind if I do the synopsis for once? Go right ahead.
2: Go for
1: it.
0: Okay, the movie centers around a girl named Asha who lives in a kingdom where everyone's wish could potentially be granted by their king, who is said to have magical powers, but, after learning that he's nothing but a megalomaniac, she wished upon a star that soon became sentient and is able to grant wishes freely. Asha then teams up with that said star to free everyone's wishes and weaken the king's power.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that shenanigans good. ensue. I don't even know where to start. Where should we unpack? Well, I will say,
0: there are a few good things I like about this movie. It's not a lot, but there are a few things. Well, that beats me, so uh, <laughs> please, enlighten me. I said this many times on the podcast, I'm obsessed with pointing out Easter eggs and references in media, and I'm always going to be a fanboy with that. And I was like, oh, when they say, like, certain dialogues from past Disney movies, like, oh, that's clever.
2: Ooh, Oris. I will say the one thing we caught was um, that Asha's friends were the seven dwarves, and that was like, ah, that's kind of fun. But were there actually other some references in there?
0: When the king was in his dungeon, he was like, oh, huh, so much for true love. I was like, yeah, that's clearly from The Little Mermaid. Uh the fact that Osha's grandfather turns a hundred, I was like, "Yeah, that's not subtle."
2: <laughs> you say that, but I didn't even realize until like we were driving away from the theater. Yeah, and I'm I was like, "About that after." I was like, "I just realized what they were trying to do. He turns hundred, just like Disney."
0: During the yeah. credits, you see silhouettes of all the major two D anime films slash three D. Or I thought, that yeah, was all
2: touched. the all the movies from Disney Animation Studios. And I will say, Lily, you could disagree with me. I think we had the most fun just watching that. <laughs>
1: Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree.
2: I was like, oh my gosh, Ichabod Crane, what a deep cut. And then they had Chicken Little. And I was waiting. I was like, Lily, Chicken Little's gonna show up. I'm gonna lose it. And then they showed the cow from Home on the Range, voiced by, like, Rosie O'Donnell. I was like, okay, there's no way that they don't have Chicken Little now. And my boy actually showed up.
1: I was just about to say that. I think seeing Chicken Little made up for the entire movie.
0: (laughs) I lost my shit when I saw Chicken Little. I was like, finally, somebody in Disney actually appreciates this gem. (laughs) <laughs> that being said though the references is also a double-edged sword for me because it's good that you want to include as many references in easter eggs as possible but i feel like all that takes away from this movie being its own original thing and matt yeah. you even yeah. straight up said all her friends are basically the reincarnations of the seven dwarfs like i cannot look at these characters and not think about the seven dwarfs
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, look, cut them some slack. They gotta get their dwarf stuff out of the way now, because they know no one's gonna see the Snow White remake, so, you know. Facts. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, no, jokes aside, I agree with you. I think it was was very ham-fisted. It was difficult, literally, like, forcing seven side characters, because then it's just like, okay, well, like, you don't really get time to get all of them. They are token... Snow White references, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Doc, I don't even remember any of their names. I'll just call them by their dwarfs. The Doc one is kind of like a more of a major character, like her best friend. And like, I guess the little grumpy one has a lot of lines, but, you know. And and then the sleepy one. uh, They try making
0: him a secondary antagonist.
2: (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's pathetic. Yeah, I I I feel like they could have gotten me invested if they had been like, his wish was to, I don't know, like save his sick parent or something like that and that's why he's so desperate but i just feel like he's such a tool he immediately is just like i want to be captain of the guard i'm going to betray my friends
1: probably one of the lamest disney villains we've ever had
2: who's in my like or, or magnifico. magnifico
1: or whatever his name is
2: oh we should talk about magnifico
1: <laughs> i have a couple things to say about him <laughs>
2: I actually have a
0: few things to say about it myself, but I'll let you go first.
1: I think one thing stood out to me. Who was his song? Uh, I think it was called This Is The Thanks I Get. Yeah. There was one line in there that was just like an absolute masterpiece.
2: I let you live here for free and I (laughs) don't even charge you
1: rent. (laughs) I don't even charge you rent. Who came up with that? Who, like...
0: Somebody who works for a multi-million dollar company, that too.
1: I let you live here for free and I don't even charge you rent.
0: (laughs) He was the one I was most intrigued with with the movie, because based on the marketing, it looked like we were going back to, like, straight-up villains again. Like, no redeeming qualities whatsoever. But, as I'm watching the movie, I realize, I think they made him the wrong type of villain, because (laughs) earlier in the movie, they tried giving him a more humane side to him, like, oh, he has somewhat good intentions, and you see that during the first song, like, at all costs, which, admittedly, is a pretty catchy song, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, Mm -hmm. immediately, he takes a 180, he's like, no, I decide who gets these <laughs> wishes. I was like, okay, chill the fuck out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, like, that that was really, I agree with you, that's actually very confusing now that I think about it, because they could have actually made him, like, a Disney villain. Mm-hmm. Like, he's there, like, oh, these pathetic little creatures, like, I'm in charge of the wishes, I'm the sorcerer. But they, like, you know, like, make him more like a Jafar or an Ursula. It's just like, Dude's awful. He's evil. Like that's all you need to know. But they sh- they shoved in the backstory of his entire kingdom was attacked and burned by thieves and like vagrants. So he came here to found this sanctuary. And it's like, okay, cool. So he is a good guy then. And then, my God, I'm never gonna forget. So lazy. They just have him heel face turn. Like, no, he's evil. It's like, yeah, he has this tragic backstory. Like he wants to defend the people. No, no, no. He's just evil now. He's evil. And then that's. I remember that such lazy line where the queen is looking and they're like, oh, how do we bring him back? And they're like, oh no, we can't. Like, if you ever do dark magic, you stay evil forever and there's nothing you could ever do about it and he's ruined now. And like, I was like, really? Because they were painting him as almost like this misunderstood redeemed figure where it's like, yeah, he wants to protect his city because of what happened to his old city when he was attacked and his friends and family were killed. That just goes away. Then all, all of a sudden it's just like you said eric i don't know what they were trying to do what kind of villain they were trying to make him because they give him this tragic misunderstood backstory it's like okay he's doing the wrong things for the right reasons and then it's just nah he's evil and he deserves to be trapped in a mirror for eternity because of that it's like dang that's really messed up that's what i'm saying
0: he doesn't work as a full-on villain we're supposed to believe in the movie that he has redeeming qualities. And they just threw all that out the window in favor of having a full-on villain. And this is what I think. It's kind of like the same problem I have with Turning Red, where they have a certain demographic that they're trying to appeal to. Dude. In this movie's case, kids. Kids today are not going to understand a complex villain. I think they push aside all those redeeming qualities so kids and theaters could go like, Ha ha, he's just a big meanie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they defeated him, they trapped him in the glass. Because he, he likes his reflection. Grown-ass adults like
0: me knows that there's more layers to his character, and the movie doesn't even bother to elaborate on that. Yeah. It's so frustrating, man, because we know Disney villains these days are more complex, and they have more layers to them, and to see Disney's 100th movie not take full advantage of that, because isn't a movie that's supposed to celebrate 100 years of Disney apply to all demographics, not just kids?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I almost feel like if they wanted to write the story that they wrote, they should have had two villains. They should have had... Like, first of all, don't waste your time with Sleepy. Like, give me a break. And you have King Magnifico, same origin of he was attacked and his, he barely escaped and he wants to found a new city to protect. But have the sorcerer be like almost a Jafar guy who's his right-hand man and he's the one who kind of pushes him and pushes him. And so then you can still have the satisfying pure evil Disney villain, you know, the sorcerer being, I don't know, his right-hand man, his steward or something. And you still have the egotistical king who's trying to do his best for his people. You could even still sing "This is the Thanks I Get." Almost like you don't have that. He has that cursed magic book. Almost like that cursed magic book is a person, and it's like I don't know. Like, and then you defeat the evil sorcerer, and then the kids get their happy ending. But we don't have to treat Prince Magnifico as being horrifically evil just because he touched a book once and liked his reflection. I'm sorry, because really, they're writing two villains. They might as well have two villains.
0: My God, so much wasted potential, like you guys said. Oy. I mean, if you want to hear another problem, the pacing is also off. We already talked about how poorly executed the villain is. Have you noticed that the songs were almost too close together?
2: Yeah, there were at least two moments in the movie where I could hear an instrumental starting up, and, like, the song was about to start, and I was just thinking to myself, like, already? (laughs) Again?
0: (laughs) We heard the first song in the beginning, and then five minutes later, we heard another song. I was like, okay, whoa, ever heard a pacing? And then another (laughs) five minutes, we get another song, and then another five minutes, another song. There's no rhythm, no pun intended.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, the pacing is really weird. I mean, I guess we might as well talk about the songs a little bit while we're here. Like, This is the things I get is a little bit of an earworm, but honestly, like, this is not going to be a soundtrack that I don't think anyone's going to have on repeat. I don't it's, see it being a Frozen. They're not got to your
0: songs like Be Prepared or whatever, but and once in a while they're catchy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, other than that, going back to the characters, I'm not personally infested with any of them, as you guys probably tell. Yeah. I think Asha yeah. I think the two characters that annoyed me the most aside from the villain is freaking Asha and the talking goats.
2: Oh can we Come talk then. about that stupid
0: goat? The moment the goat started talking that's when he lost me cuz it's like okay clearly they need to have a comic relief but there've been many animal sidekicks that didn't talk and they were great. For example, Hey Hey from Moana as soon yeah. as I heard as soon as I heard Patrick Stewart's voice coming out of that goat I was like Okay, I'm in deep
2: ass trouble. <laughs> no, that wasn't Patrick Stewart, was it?
0: Was that Patrick Stewart?
2: Oh, I mean, I'm it looking up. Just like no it. clue. That is so sad if that's him because he's so old now. What what the heck is his freaking voice? Let's look it up. Let's find out. Oh, Alan Tudyk! They they cast him in everything now. That's Alan Tunick? Yeah, that's um. For those of you who don't know, that's Cray in Big Hero Six and uh, the Duke of Wesselton in Frozen and King Candy in Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> Apparently he's also in Broth Breaks the Internet, Ryan the Last Dragon, Encanto, Strange World. You can have other voice actors, why does it have to just be him?
0: Dude, I swear to God, he sounded like
2: Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with the voice actor, he's funny. I, love, I loved him as King Candy, I, I think he has a great voice. But I, it, it wasn't his fault, it was the writing. Like the That, that goat had the most obnoxious lines. <laughs> Like fart jokes, butt jokes, just wouldn't shut the cluck up in all of his scenes.
0: After a while, I was like, "Shut up, dude. We get it. You're a talking goat. Now let me watch this damn movie."
2: I know uh, you don't. You two don't agree with me on this. I'm not a big Moana fan, so when the movie, when this movie opened and this goat strolled out, I was like, "Okay, it's it's Pua 2.0. I think Pua (laughs) is such a stupid character (laughs) because he shows up. Pua shows at the beginning of the end of the movie and doesn't do anything and sells merchandise. That's Pua's role, and that's what they were doing with this stupid goat. Ash is never like, Valentino, what do we do? And then Valentino talks. Like, I just feel like he just literally says things to the audience and to himself, and no one responds. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, okay, laugh. It was
1: it's painfully so unfunny.
2: Like, I want to call him Wannabe Donkey from Shrek, but he really isn't even Donkey from Shrek. He wishes he was Donkey from Shrek. Because Donkey, yeah, he never shut up, he was annoying, but everyone in the in the movie, it was like a joke. It's like, shut up, we get that you can talk, shut up. This is
0: just all up in your face, just for the sake of having a funny animal sidekick.
2: Yeah, I don't know, and they don't even need another marketable plushie, they already have that little Luma wannabe.
0: Oh, thank you for bringing that up, because I was like, <laughs> yeah. That thing is clearly not a Luma from Super Mario Galaxy. You no, know, like, have you guys seen that meme where it's like, oh, Mickey Mouse is laughing at Mario because the Lion King made more money than the first Super Mario Bros. movie? Then mm-hmm. in 2023, Mario is laughing at Mickey because the Super Mario Bros. movie made more money than Strange Worlds.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm convinced that somebody from Disney saw that meme as a wave game back in Nintendo to make a character look like one of their characters.
2: <laughs> yeah, little Luma, like they'll never know.
0: it's yellow it's pudgy it's got stubby little arms and legs it's a fucking luma
2: (laughs) and lumas are in like something that's actually good and enjoyable and has replay value the star (laughs) sorry (laughs)
1: well like the star was just unnecessary i mean i guess he played a big part in the ending of the movie
2: yeah like he was more necessary to the plot so i guess it's okay he wasn't the freaking goat and apparently, he's the origin
0: of why wishes come true in the whole Disney verse. I, I don't know how accurate that is.
1: Well, then that makes sense. Because yeah. I think
0: the whole, a broader example of what the movie they were trying to tell is, the origin of wishes, like how they come true or whatever. Yeah. I think that's what the movie's about. Because I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck I was watching.
2: <laughs> yeah, it honestly. felt
0: like a
1: fever dream, honestly.
0: And my God. And I mean no disrespect to any of the actors or anything, but I couldn't stand Asha. I think I'm at that point where I'm so fucking sick and tired of seeing the quirky, eccentric female leads that you know you saw with Rapunzel, you saw with Anna, you saw with Moana yeah maybe to an extent mm-hmm. shisu and to another extent Mirabel. this archetype is very overused in my opinion
2: yeah I agree. they can really stand to be a little bit more creative
0: and i do appreciate them trying to make her different it's like oh she's not a princess she's a fairy godmother but come on she's a disney princess don't even try to deny it
2: <laughs> yeah
0: oh my god is there anything else that you guys
2: want to talk about Uh, so, Lily, I know you made a comment to me during the movie, but, uh, that (laughs) animation, though.
1: Yes. I felt as if it was very flat, and it almost looked unfinished to me. I don't know if they were trying something new at Disney with the animation, but it just looked unfinished.
2: Yeah. So, background, I think, people have been making fun of Disney pretty much since Spider-Verse came out in 2018. Like, oh, look at DreamWorks. Look at Sony. Everyone's taking risks. But you, you keep making the same exact art style and animation style for every movie. And so Disney was like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to mix it up a little with Wish. And it still looks exactly the same like everything else, but it looks like they forgot to put that last coat of paint on it, like Lily yeah. says. Yeah. And they thought that that was a different art style and animation style. I was like, no, it's not. It's not. Okay,
0: maybe they were trying to go for a more art book style, but at the same time, when you compare the animation of this movie to something like frozen or tangled or moana it's clearly unfinished yeah Yeah. it's not the worst thing i've seen but you definitely could have expected more especially for a movie that's supposed to represent 100 years of disney
2: yeah like either make it look like disney because even though i don't love the disney animation style like nobody ever says it looks bad it's like yeah it's it's good and it's solid or just do something totally different like spider-verse did I think somebody tells
0: me that they wanted to go back to 2D animation so badly, but they had cold feet at the last
1: minute. This movie would have been so cool if it was 2D. I personally really enjoy the classic Disney animation. I think when you look at one of their movies, you just know it's a Disney movie. And I felt as if you didn't really get that with this movie.
0: Oh yeah, when you compare this movie to Lion King, Mulan, Beauty and the Beast, it's not a fair comparison.
2: No. Yeah. Doesn't hold a candle. Lumiere would
0: agree with you. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. or abuela from uh whatever that movie was called incanto who always holds the freaking candle yeah i don't know for as, as far as a big grand 100 years of disney goes it's bad that i laughed at one joke and was most enthralled by the credits montage <laughs> <laughs> the writing was just so mediocre the one joke that actually made me laugh was the deer uh in headlights joke where he was just staring at Uh, I wanted to say Mirabelle, that's so embarrassing. The deer (laughs) staring at Asha like, I can't stop staring, and that kind of got me.
1: I don't know. I also laughed at the uh, singing mushrooms. (laughs) It wasn't funny, but I wasn't expecting it. I
2: was like, where did that come from? Yeah, that was kind of funny.
0: I don't know. Mario told me to beware the forest mushrooms. (laughs) Funny enough, I just finished another form of media that has to do with stars and wishes, and it is much much better compared to this movie. Intent, <laughs> for those who haven't listened to my Super Mario RPG review.
2: Yes, go check it out. I don't even know if I have anything else to say about this freaking sorry excuse of a movie.
1: Yeah, overall, I think it was just very forgettable, and they could have done something a lot better for their 100th. Mm-hmm.
0: As a hardcore Disney fan, I was very disappointed with this movie. It's not the worst Disney movie ever. No, that title still goes to Wreck-It Ralph too. I agree. <laughs> actually, I'm trying to remember. What did I give wreck Ralph 2 when we did our retrospective? Like a 3 out of 10?
2: I don't know. Um, I, Yeah, that must have been really low. But I don't actually remember off the top of my head.
0: So if I'm ranking a Disney movie in the same rating as Wreck-It Ralph 2, you know it's a fucking train wreck.
2: Well, actually, Eric, you've actually ranked all of the modern Disney movies from... Uh...
0: I think it was from Princess and the Frog to Encanto, I think.
2: I don't even know if you'd remember that list at all, but do you know where you would put Wish in the midst of all that? Definitely in the bottom five. Yeah, I don't blame you.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's worse than Strange World, because Strange World is a pretty forgettable movie, and I still don't give a shit about Frozen 2. God, you guys <clears throat> really got me thinking about reconsidering that list.
2: <laughs> don't thank me. Thank Disney for releasing more crap.
0: <laughs> but what things for sure, Tangled is still going to be number one. Don't, that a is good honestly
2: good take. Very good take.
0: But yeah, like I said before, very disappointing movie. Admittedly, it has catchy songs, and I do appreciate the Easter eggs and references, but for a movie that's supposed to represent 100 years of Disney, it really could have been better. Just forgettable characters, a poorly executed story, and just horrendous writing.
1: hmm yeah.
0: That just leaves Mr. Matt.
2: <sighs> I mean, I don't know. Weird, like, confusing plot, really just mediocre writing, forgettable characters, Bland music. And the most fun you'll have is during the credits. But uh, for a prank, you should go up to your friends and say with a complete straight face, hey, you should go see that new Disney movie, Chicken Little Shows Up, and see what they say.
0: (laughs) Anyway, to those who are listening, what do you think of Disney's Wish? You can tell us on our Discord server or DM us on Instagram, at GeeksCrossing. Continue to listen to us on all available listening platforms such as Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. And thank you, Lily, for joining us on this very special podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks again for having me.
2: And uh, be sure to tell your friends and family about us, those at home, especially Disney fans and especially maybe some not-so-Disney fans in your lives.
0: (laughs) And as always, stay true to your geek selves.